Welcome to Vix Mix, a podcast hosted by yours truly, Sexy Senorita. Listen as I share my experiences of being a mama, being all wifed up, my journey with cancer, yep, that's right, and as I get into all the raw, unfiltered moments in between. Alright, so let's get into it. What up, what up? Hello, hi, and welcome. This episode is part four of my cancer recap journey. This time frame is from September 2018 to January 2019. Well, the first week of 2019. I want to just go over the first six cycles of chemo that I did and just kind of talk about the side effects I endured and all the good stuff in between. So in September of 2018, somewhere in the middle of the month, I saw my oncologist to start the next step as far as the treatment since I had the summer off. So when I saw him, we'd go over my tumor markers. The most common tumor marker for colon cancer is CEA. However, that is not my tumor marker. My tumor marker is CA125, which is most common with ovarian cancer. Since having surgery and getting those parts removed, everything has been in a normal range, which was expected. Since my tumor marker was still in normal range, my doctor wanted to forego having a CT scan. However, I told him, well, I'm actually going to see my surgeon this month as well, and I'm going to need a CT scan when I see him because he always likes to compare. I was actually supposed to have a CT scan uh, around July, but because I had the break, I didn't have to do one. And I had seen my surgeon in June. We were just going off of the last scan that I had in May. So we were just going to go ahead and compare from that time frame. So he's like, okay, yeah, sure. We'll definitely push forward for the scan and I'll just see you in a couple weeks. Go over the results and for the most part, we'll just continue giving you a break. Which there was really no hurry for me to see him so quickly since I was going to see the surgeon a few days later after the scan. I have the scan on the 24th of September and my appointment with my surgeon was on the 27th. So when I get the scan right away, I let the lady know, like, can I get a copy of the results? And she's like, well, you'll make sure you can have it before you see your doctor. And I'm like, no, 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 I need a copy for my surgeon. I have this appointment on the 27th. And so she's like, oh yeah, just come back later in the day. But definitely by the next day, we'll have it with the radiologist comments. And I said, oh, okay, that's fine. So I made sure I got a copy before I saw my surgeon. Well, I made the mistake of reviewing it. Not that I never done that. I always do that. That's just what I do because I like to know what's going on with my body. And I even have a friend that she's a nurse and I have her kind of go over it to have her explain to me all the medical jargon, you know, pretty much like her translation on it. Even though like I kind of have an idea of what I'm reviewing, even though I'm like Googling every other word. It's just nice to have someone in the medical field take a look and explain it to me. What I end up finding out is that my cancer came back. Right away, my friend, when I had a review, she's like, oh my god, I can't believe they gave this to you without talking to you. And I'm like, oh no, no, this was me just being nosy because I'm supposed to see my surgeon and I always have to have a copy. And I actually am seeing my doctor not for another two weeks. And so she's like, oh, it's not, you know, hopefully it's not really bad. But this is what it's saying. I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. I see my surgeon on the 27th, and right away he's like, I don't agree. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? What does it say? Trying to pretend like I don't know, right? So he's like, oh, well, 
there's the radiologist's impression is that the cancer is returned in your liver, specifically around the diaphragm area, which the diaphragm lays on top of your liver. And he goes, I don't agree. I think it's just scarring from your diaphragm because I did extensive work in that area. And the way that your cancer travels is through the perineum, which the perineum is the casing of your abdominal wall. And that's how your cancer's traveled. And I would have expect to see somewhere in the perineum the cancer either in the perineum or in other parts as well. I just, I don't think it would just show up in one place. That's not how your cancer works. And I was like... Oh, okay. But because I had looked at the CT scan before, I had, you know, researched a lot of things so I could talk to my surgeon about. So right away I asked him, okay, I said, okay, well, let's say it is cancer. What are my options? Would I be doing HIPEC again? And he goes, well, definitely I would recommend you to do it again. You handled it well. You recovered well. You look well and you tolerated it. So uh, yes, I would, but not, not right now. I wouldn't do it because I don't think it's cancer. And I said, okay, well... Is there any way we could do like a laparoscopy to check? And what laparoscopy is, they just put a little camera and see and sometimes they can do a biopsy at the same time. And he goes, oh, I would never do that. And anyone that recommends to do that to you should never do that. Your body is anatomically different from surgery. And because of that, you have a higher chance of them poking something and rupturing or nicking something in your body, which is not safe and you can, you're more prone to an infection. And plus, it's just, it's too high risk to open you up for something so small. So no, I would not do that. And I said, okay, well, we had a friend that did a chemoembolization. Is that an option for me? Which chemoembolization is where they stick these chemo beads in your blood that travels up into the cancer, kills the cancer within, like, from the inside out. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. I don't think you understand. Your cancer is a phenomena. And I'm like, What? In my mind, like I didn't, I didn't say that, but like in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck do you mean it's a phenomenon? I got so offended by that word. I, it just made me so angry when he said that and the way he said it, like so aloof, like, oh no, it's your, your cancer is a phenomenon. It made me feel like I have no cure in sight the way that it came across. That is just like your cancer is so unique and such a freak of nature that there's no possibility of it ever being cured. So that's kind of how I took it. And that's why I got so angry and insulted when he said that word. I didn't show it, obviously, but that's how I internalized it. But he was just explaining to me, like, no, 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 you don't understand. Your cancer does not work like normal cancer. Your cancer attacks the organs from the outside in. So there is no way you could ever have any other type of surgery aside from a cytoreductive hypex surgery. That is the only thing that is available to you which I think you would be able to tolerate all over again, but I don't think it's going to happen. If anything, I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to start doing chemotherapy and then we move forward from there after different scan results and see how it's progressed, if it's reduced, if it's stabilized, or if it's spread, you know, we'll move forward as each results show. And I'm like, okay, okay. So we leave and my husband was with me in that appointment and his whole experience from my experience was different. Like, he comes out, like, so happy. He's glowing. He's like, oh, this is the best news we could have heard. I told you it wasn't cancer. You were so worried for nothing. And I was like, what the heck? Like, were you in the same room as I was? Because I was reading the room. I was listening and looking because I was watching my doctor's body language. And the whole time he was talking to me and that every time I'd ask a question, 
He would look at me for a little bit, but he would be slumped over in the chair, looking down at the report, talking like he was trying to convince himself that it wasn't cancer. It didn't feel right. It felt like he was just trying to convince himself or something or trying to be like, oh, there's no way that this cancer could be back. You know, I cured her. I'm God because I'm a surgeon and I can cut out all the cancer out of her. Like, it just felt like he didn't agree, but it didn't come across. He was that confident that was the case when he was talking to us. So I, I don't know. I, I just felt off, even though my husband was like, oh, it's the best news ever. So I'm like, okay. Well, I already know how this is going to go with my oncologist because my oncologist is more conservative. So I see my oncologist October 10th. The interesting thing about this appointment is he is apologetic throughout the whole appointment. And apologetic in the way that he's talking to me. He keeps apologizing for not wanting to do the scan. He keeps apologizing for not wanting to do chemo maintenance. He's apologizing for giving me a break for the summer. I just felt a lot of guilt, you know, that he was feeling in my particular case. And the whole time, you know, I had already kind of had enough time to process it. So I was really cool, calm, and collected. And even he was like shocked with my reaction because he's like, how did you know the results already? I said, well, I saw my surgeon, remember? And we went over all this, but his opinion is that it's not cancer. So why are we just going to go forward with chemo if he doesn't agree? And he goes, well, actually, I just talked to him the night before, specifically talking about your case, because I was trying to gather enough information for the next steps for your treatment. And we agreed that chemotherapy was the next step for you. And I said, oh, okay. I kind of figured, you know, better safe than sorry. That's fine. We can go ahead and move forward with chemo. And he goes, yeah, and then we'll do another scan and whatever that scan shows, then, you know, we'll decide if it really was scar tissue or the cancer. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. This chemo that I'm going to be on is different, though. Um, It's not the full Fox. It's going to be full free. Same combination, except instead of the oxaliplatin, it's going to be ritotecan. So again, the full folinic acid, the F, fluorocell 5-FU, and ritotecan. In addition, my doctor wants to put me on a clinical trial. And this clinical trial is known as napobucasin, also known as BBI-608. And this is a STAT-3 inhibitor drug, meaning it's a targeted drug where it specifically looks for the cancer and tries to kill it. Unlike chemotherapy, which chemotherapy just tries to kill all fast-growing cells, regardless of its cells that regenerate in your body. Okay, so because I'm going to be on this trial, it adds a whole nother level of paperwork. I get a program coordinator for it. I'm going to be monitored more closely. I'm going to have a little more scans. They're going to do EKGs. I have to have recording of all my side effects and symptoms. There's just a lot more to it. Yeah, so I get all, fill out all that paperwork and get all that stuff done. And so I'm kind of feeling a little happy, like, okay, so at least I'm going to be on a trial on top of chemo. So it's like I'm doing everything. So maybe something's going to work, right? Chemotherapy starts on October 24th, and before I started my chemotherapy, I asked my doctor, I'm like, okay, I already know how chemotherapy is going to go. It's going to kick my ass because it always does. I'm like freaking child size, so I get every freaking symptom out there. So I already know I'm going to be vomiting my brains out, being nauseous as hell, and just feeling sick as a dog. So I'm asking him, like, okay, am I going to get a steroid drug again? Am I, you know, are you going to renew a lot of my nausea meds? Like, you know, what's the plan? And then he's like, well, actually, I need a baseline from you. So I can't give you any drugs. And I'm like, what the fuck did just come out of your mouth? Because I'm going to die. 
in my mind. This is what I'm thinking. Because I already know. I already know it's going to fucking suck. I already know I'm going to feel like shit. And you're telling me you can't give me any fucking things to handle it and deal with it? Okay, whatever. But I get it. It's all for the study. It's all because he needs a baseline and he needs to know where I'm at. So when that happens, is like they give you the full force of drugs. Like everything's 100%. Not like how it was before with the full fox, how he would adjust it every time. Now that I was going to be on a trial, it's like everything has to be monitored. And you can't adjust like you were because everything has to remain consistent, specifically for study purposes. First cycle of chemo, it happens. I'm sick as a dog, vomiting my brains out, feeling like crap. And the interesting thing is this happened immediately while it was infusing in my body. Once that aridotecan hit me, it's like I felt like I was hungover. I had this headache, this migraine. I was sensitive to light. I felt like I wanted to throw up, but I couldn't throw up. And I was just so dizzy and I felt tired. And then not to mention like this weird thing was happening with my eyes where they were just twitching uncontrollably. And I, when I had brought it up to the nurse, the nurse just thought it was a reaction to the steroid because I had been off of meds for so long that I didn't have a tolerance anymore. And I was like, well, I never even had this issue from the first time. And it all happened when the Rito ticket started flowing. So I'm pretty sure it's the chemo. And she's like, well, I've never seen that before, but um, if it starts to bother you, maybe we'll just slow down the chemo. But that never happened. And then by that night, I was just vomiting my brains out that the next day I'm back at the cancer center getting fluids and medications and nausea meds and all that good stuff. And I see my doctor because he knows that I'm there and the program coordinator come. They both come and see me at the same time and they start discussing because now this is like the only time they're able to adjust the treatment for me. So right away he's like, okay, we're going to have to reduce your intake. Oh, and not to mention when I got, when I knew I was going to be on the full free, I right away asked the support group just saying, hey, anybody that's been on this, like, what can you tell me what your experience? Like, you know, what side effects are the worst? And this one lady told me, Arito Tekken is known as I run to the can, meaning I'm going to have a lot of diarrhea. But other than that, the majority of the people are like, oh, it's a lot easier than the full fox. It's a lot more tolerable. You know, you'll just have a little more diarrhea than normal and you'll be fine. So I was like, oh, okay. And even when I talked to my doctor about the side effects of this drug, he was like, well, you seem to tolerate full fox pretty fine. You're not going to have the neuropathy. You're not going to have no cold sensitivity. You are going to have the diarrhea. You didn't seem to lose your hair. If you did have some hair thinning, it's going to probably be about the same. So you don't have to worry about that either. So he was just like the nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, you know, the regular side effects. And that was really it, the way that he told me. Oh, and I was having diarrhea too. I probably was having about four to five bouts of diarrhea if I didn't have to take any pills. Again, like because they wanted a baseline. So I gave them their fucking baseline because that's what they wanted. They wanted me to suffer and see how much it hit me and how hard it hit me. Not that I think that they really wanted that. I just, that's how I felt at the time. So right away, he's like, okay, yeah, she's this level. We got to reduce it, blah, blah, blah. So that happens. Cycle two happens. Same thing. However, I was a little bit more on top of my nausea meds. So I didn't have the whole nausea and vomiting episodes as much as it was the first cycle. But what ended up happening this cycle is my hair started falling out. And when I say my hair's falling out, it means like I just would put my hand through my hair and I'd get globs of hair in my hand. 
it was the second week of that cycle. So the off week of that cycle was when the hair started falling out in like chunks. That was something I was not prepared for. My first rounds of chemo with Full Fox, I was a little mentally more prepared about it. I think I had bought like two wigs or a wig thinking I was going to lose my hair and I just I was more mentally prepared. But because the doctors and the nurses told me it was going to be similar to the last chemo, that's what I anticipated. I was just going to lose a little bit. I was not thinking I was going to lose like chunks of my hair. Well, let me tell you a story. When I went to the cancer retreat, I met this Native American woman who had breast cancer. And it was um, one of the lunches or dinners or something. And she's sitting at her table and we were just sharing our stories about the cancers that we have and experience and all that good stuff. And so she tells me the whole process of when she lost her hair. And while I'm losing my hair, I'm totally thinking of this woman. Like she brought me to tears with her story because... One thing with Native Americans is that, you know, there's a lot of spirituality that goes into their hair and in their hair is so beautiful. It's so long and black and silky. So she's telling us this story that it happened immediately the first cycle of chemo. She was washing her hair and it just got really matted up like a, you know, like a dirty dog. And while she was putting shampoo in it, she thought that was super weird. But then all of a sudden as she's trying to like put her fingers through it, She's starting to get clumps in her hand. So she tries her best to rinse it all out. She starts drying it with the towel and like all of it just starts falling out. Chunks of it are falling out. While this is happening, you know, she's have I think her sister, her mom was there with her and they're just all crying while her hair starts falling out. So it just really touched me that that was her whole process. So I kept thinking that was semi going to happen to me where it was going to fall out when I washed it. So I don't think I was really washing my hair. I think I didn't wash it for like three or four days just because I think that was in the back of my mind. So when I finally washed it, that didn't happen to me. It wasn't until I woke up one morning and all of a sudden my hair felt matted and I was just like, oh, this is weird. It's all matted. And so I start brushing my hair and when I'm brushing my hair, all of my hair is coming out. It doesn't hurt. It, the hair doesn't hurt because it's already not in your head. And that's why it gets all matted. So I'm over here trying to brush it out and just chunks start coming out of my head. And I start crying because visually it's so shocking that it becomes emotional. There's nothing I can do about it. So I'm just brushing my hair while it's all falling out of my head. And I'm crying like I'm wailing. I'm not crying like... <laughs> I'm crying like, ah, like La Llorona crying, you know what I mean? So I am crying and my husband and my son hear me and my son runs up the stairs and sees all the hair that's falling out from my brush and he goes, mama, your hair is falling. And I'm like, yeah, mama's sick. My hair is falling off. And he goes, it's okay, mama, you can have my hair. And it's just so touching how innocent my son is and how sweet that little boy is. He's so willing to just think that he can give me his hair because my hair is falling off. Ugh. It still makes me emotional. Of course, my husband can't handle anything that's uncomfortable, so he's trying to make jokes about it, which isn't helping. So my hair is falling out, right? So that weekend, I decide to shave it. I just had clippers, so I just, you know, used the clippers to shave it. So I still had some peach fuzz. And that was, like, where it was really apparent that I just had these bald spots. Oh, and also earlier that week off of my chemo week, I had tried to cut my hair like I had did the last time I had chemo. 
thinking that I, to trick the eye and have more volume, but I ended up losing a lot more hair and it was more noticeable. My bald spots, I basically had a comb over, so that didn't work. And so that's why I ended up just shaving it because, you know, it was pointless. Also, on top of losing my hair, it was really irritated. Like my head just was tender and it hurt. Like it just was sensitive. By chemo cycle three, I was getting this chemo rash all on my scalp and it kind of looked a little bit like eczema and other parts looked like a little bit like acne where my husband thought it was acne and I was like dude why would I have acne on my head when my hair is falling out anyway whatever he's he was clueless but the doctors just told me to put cortisone on it because it's part of the chemotherapy I get this rash and they were also shocked too that I did lose as much hair as I did because generally with this chemo you just get hair thinning but up to this point, I probably lost 60 to 70% of my hair, but at that time, I lost about half, or at least that's how I thought it looked, which is why I shaved it. By chemo cycle four, that's when I started shaving it with the razor, because it was to the point where my hair was still absorbing some of the cream, so it wasn't really helping. So at that time, I just said, you know what, screw this, I'm just going to finally just shave it, which I did with the razor. And I was hesitant to do that because I thought I was going to nick part of the bumps and then I was going to be bleeding and then get an infection, all these other issues. But that didn't happen, thankfully. And it helped a lot being able to put the cream on better because I did. I had like a lot of red spots all over my head and then it hurt. It was so tender. Not fun at all. Oh, and another thing, I didn't share that I had started doing chemo again right away. I think I only told a few people and it wasn't until Thanksgiving is when I opened up on social media and told everybody that I was back on chemo, the cancer returned back. And I think the reason why I was so hesitant to share it, the news right away, is because I felt like I was just becoming this sick person instead of just being a person with cancer. Like, I felt like I was just going to be identified as this disease. And I'm not going to lie to you, that's exactly how people treated me and how I felt. There were certain people that wouldn't look at me in the eye. There were certain people that sort of just stopped talking to me when I did come out and say that I had cancer again. It just got really weird. And that didn't help my case. And so as a result, I started getting a lot more depressed. So that's why I was so hesitant to share so early on. So by Thanksgiving, I finally opened up and let everybody know. Chemocycle 3 was around Thanksgiving. Cycle 5 side effects. My head rash started clearing up. So it wasn't as prominent and it wasn't hurting. I stopped shaving my head in the shower. That's when I left it alone because like, okay, looks like the rash has subsided and it seems to be okay. However, the new side effect I started getting when I brush my teeth, my gums start to bleed. Isn't that wonderful? So I'm brushing my teeth and I'm spitting out the toothpaste and it's just globs of blood. Mentally, I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm depressed, which is really uncomfortable for me to even experience because I've never had that feeling before. And so it's like, with this cancer, I feel like every type, or with this chemotherapy, every side effect isn't the same. There seems to be no consistency that I'm experiencing with the chemotherapy. It's like 
every side effect is a different side or every cycle seems to have a different side effect so like cycle one the nausea vomiting cycle two hair loss cycle three head rash cycle four I'm shaving my head cycle five my gums are bleeding when this happens I'm like I feel like I'm having a meltdown every time I'm having this meltdown of just like what is next like what's gonna happen to me you know sky is falling I'm dying like oh you know so this is like how I'm reacting and this is what I'm struggling with and this is something I'm still talking with my therapist about is just like I'm having this hard struggle with my identity and my emotions my emotions are just like haywire and this is where I'm at the point where I'm saying f this and there'll be days where I'll just I'll eat a freaking pizza knowing that I'm gonna bleed out my ass because it's all about quality of life or I'll say fuck it I'll get a beer and get a little bit drunk because that's the only thing that's gonna make me feel a little bit happy because I'm just sick and tired of feeling sick and everything you know after cycle five or I think right before cycle five I had gotten another CT scan and then after Christmas uh, because cycle five was right before Christmas is when I see my surgeon So again, oh no, no, no. I had my CT scan on the 17th of December. Then on the 18th, I had my chemo cycle number five, but that's when we went over the results. And my doctor said that there seems to be shown some reduction in the cancer site. So I'm thinking, oh, this is great. This is good news. This means that it's actually, I'm suffering for a reason. And he goes, it's not significant enough to be considered a reduction, but I would consider this to be stabilized, meaning that the chemo is stopping the cancer in its place and allowing it to continue to spread. So I'm taking this as good news and I'm taking it in. I'm like, yes, I'm suffering at least for a reason. And so I do that right before Christmas. And after Christmas, I see my surgeon. Well, this is where I can't say I'm more frustrated than beyond belief. And that's probably why I'm cussing a little more in this episode because it's just like this has been a lot more difficult than the first time I was going through chemotherapy. I see my surgeon and I tell him like, okay, here's the results. They told me that it's reduced. um, So I'm feeling like this is good news. I did have some bouts of anemia, meaning I thought that was to confirm that it was the cancer because I was bleeding from somewhere. And so he goes and crushes my freaking dreams And tells me, I'm not convinced. I still don't think it's cancer. It's reduced less than 20%, which to me doesn't mean it has reduced at all. And chemotherapy causes anemia. So who's to say that it was from the cancer or from the chemo? And it's only reduced, I think he said like in the single digits, like maybe less than 5%. And he's like, the way that it looks like it's reduced and healed is the way that scar tissue heals. So I'm still not convinced. I still don't think it's the cancer. So he doesn't think I have the cancer and I leave there feeling defeated because now I'm thinking from the very beginning you told me you didn't think this was cancer. Now you're telling me you still don't think it's cancer where I was now starting to think I'm suffering for a reason. It's like he took that away from me. So I was so angry and frustrated because I'm like how is this happening that these two doctors have conflicting opinions and I'm the one that's suffering for it. Now I'm thinking, so I didn't even have to go through all this. I didn't have to lose my hair. I didn't have to vomit my brains out. I didn't have to feel like shit all the time. I don't have to cry and have a meltdown every time I get sick or I get a symptom. I was so angry about it. Yeah, so that just 
oh, like I can't even talk because I'm just so, I'm still like, I get so frustrated about it. But anyway, my next cycle, my sixth cycle was on the day after New Year's. And unfortunately, my doctor, every Wednesday, he goes to a different city at a different cancer site. Um, So I didn't get to see him, but I saw a different doctor. However, I did see my program coordinator. And I tell my program coordinator, I'm like, because I always have to see him and let him know all the symptoms. And he does his little recording journal and all this stuff. And I tell him, like, well, my surgeon still doesn't think it's cancer. So now, like, I'm not sure what's the next step here. And so he's all, oh, well, that's interesting you say that because we had three radiologists go over your results because they couldn't agree. And I'm over here, like, about to lose my shit on him. Excuse me, what did you just say? Now you're telling me that there's even more evidence to support that my surgeon was possibly right because now your people can't fucking agree on if it is or it isn't cancer? Like, are you fucking kidding me? You didn't think I should have known that when I did get the scan? Like, come on. And I could tell, like, immediately he felt like, oh, shit, I probably shouldn't have said anything to her because I'm over here having this reaction. And he goes, okay, well, let me call your doctor and see, you know, maybe there's something we can do. And so he brings up the idea of having a biopsy. Okay, well, I already know where my surgeon stands with the biopsy, so I don't think that's going to happen. But okay, we'll go ahead and do that. He said that when my doctor comes back, that we'll definitely go over and talk about another plan. So, you know, I'm going through chemo, dealing with the same crap, but because it's the new year, I think just from the holidays, because I had, you know, friends and family in town and I got to visit and see people and doing a little bit more than I normally do, I got sick, just a little cold, you know, so I went into cycle six with a little bit of a cold. I'm just struggling with my health overall. As you know, with chemotherapy, it decreases your immune system, so I'm already feeling sick, and then to have chemo on top of that, even though my blood says that I'm everything looks good, you know, it still it just hit me a little bit harder than normal with this cycle. And what ends up happening is I get a skin infection. So what I'm starting to notice with my chemo cycles is that I get the sick feeling of just the chemo drugs in my body the first like four days. So from infusion day to about the day after the pump comes off, I just get this like the nausea, vomiting, a little bit of diarrhea and just feeling sick overall feeling. By the following week on my off week is when I start to get all these weird side effects. Like the hair loss was the week after, my rash was the week after, my gums bleeding were the week after. Now this skin infection is from the week after. So after the cycle six on my off week, all of a sudden my foot starts like starts getting these little red spots looking as if, you know, if you had your shoes on a little too tight, like a blister is about to start forming. So I'm thinking, you know, I don't do anything. I'm mostly home all the time. And if anything, I'm just I wear socks. So I'm thinking, well, maybe my socks were too warm because I got a lot of nice fuzzy socks for Christmas. So I'm like, maybe my socks are just too warm with the heater and everything. Next couple days, I don't wear socks then the rash redness starts spreading and then my foot starts getting swollen to the point where I can't even walk and then come to find out it's a skin infection. My oncologist at first said it might have been hand foot syndrome. Hand foot syndrome is another side effect that chemo can cause where your hands and feet get extremely red and like this rash sensitivity and they hurt and it can be very painful. 
but because it was all splotchy and my foot was slowing, and he's like, yeah, you have an infection. And most likely it was caused due to a weakened immune system. And I'm like, really? And again, like I have another meltdown when that happened, when I got the skin infection, because I'm just like, what else is this chemo going to do to me, you know? And of course, I'm over here handling this with eating bad food, food that doesn't agree with me. I'm drinking, well, not really drinking as much as I would probably want to be drinking, but I'll have a beer here and there or a glass of wine here and there. But this has been tough, this whole second time with chemo. It's just, it's been a whole rough ride and that's kind of where I'm at right now. So with my future episodes, I'm going to probably call them updates since they're going to be more in real time. I've done cycle seven and I'm about to do cycle eight. So I'm not sure if I'm going to do it in chunks. I do have another CT scan in February. So I'm not sure if maybe I should do the update from cycle seven to the scan. So maybe I'll do that. Either way, I'll figure out how I want to structure it. But I know I'm going to have some really fun things coming up in the next future episodes. I'm going to have some friendly chats with my good friends and some interesting topics. I'm thinking I'm trying to work some titles, but there's some topics I really want to touch on with future episodes. Have episodes with my son and hopefully maybe I can have one with my husband. Um, But yeah, I'm excited. I'm all about the new year and trying to gear up and get things going with this podcast. Um, hopefully everyone's enjoying it because I'm noticing I enjoy it. I like it. It's helping me out. All right, so let me go ahead and end this episode. And as always, I like to end the episode with a quote. And this quote that I found is from Amy Gatliff. The greatest act of faith someday is to simply get up and face another day. All right, thanks. Adios. Bye. Until next time. for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of VixMix, which is now on all your favorite streaming apps. Feel free to rate and review as you like. But I want to hear from you. Send me an email at vixmixpodcast at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 505-333-8232 or slide into my DMs on Instagram at vixmixpodcast. I appreciate any feedback and hey, you might be featured on the next episode. All right, until next time, peace.